Stanford University. Richard Xu, uh, who is the managing director of Intel Capital in China, and uh, I think something characteristics uh, we are looking more and more in China, hoping to see more early stage investments, and he couldn't find one, so so he did his own. So he is uh, working on his ten-month-old baby as the largest um, uh, early stage investment probably in his life, and he's going to nurture and grow that one, as you should with startups. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, let's see, as you can tell, I really hate doing slides, so I'm just going to have a few basic slides up here. Uh, just a quick introduction to uh, Intel Capital. Um, Intel Capital is the uh, strategic investment arm for Intel Corporation. We're probably the largest IT-focused uh, corporate fund in the world. Uh, we have uh, over 90 investment professionals worldwide in places from, obviously, North America, South America, um, uh, Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. Uh, Russia, um, you know, basically anywhere where there's technology innovation going on, we'll, we have some coverage there. Uh, we have about 90 investment professionals covering these areas, and in China, we've been investing in China since 1998, so we've had a pretty long history of investment in China. We've kind of seen a lot of things happen over there. Um, so I just want to spend a few minutes, uh, because I think you know the discussion time that we'll have on this will be a lot more interesting, but uh, just spend a few minutes just talking about kind of my observations about uh, you know, China 2.0 um, and also some ideas about you know, what we could see in the China 3.0 uh, in the next phase of investment that we're going to be kind of coming up on here. So um, with regards to China 2.0, you know, most of it really has centered around kind of a localization of Western Internet ideas into the kind of China model. You know, you'll see in a lot of data, uh, even a lot of the IT investment that's happened has really been more about technology application rather than actually technology development, um, which is not a problem. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made from applying technology, uh, and that's exactly what the China market's been doing for the last uh, five to six years. Um, a lot of the demand for China 2.0 has actually been driven by the need for entertainment and information. You know, as a lot of the panels here have spoken about earlier, there's been a dearth of good quality media in China. A lot of that has to do with the, uh, you know, the history of the propaganda and the, uh, the media sector in China. And the internet has actually been a outlet for a lot of people to get more interesting, uh, more entertaining content. Um, and as a result of that, you know, the foreign VCs to date have been funding a lot of the internet, uh, you know, a lot of the internet companies, mainly because of the experience that foreign VCs have had. Uh, through the dot-com bubble, you know, in the early 2000s, um, and kind of applying that model to China. Um, we haven't, to date, seen too many local funds going into the, uh, into the kind of China 2.0, although we've been seeing some of it in the last year, as York had mentioned earlier. And my theory on that is that, you know, there's just a lot of hang low-hanging fruit in China for foreign, uh, local investors to go after. You know, if you're a smart guy uh, graduating from college and you can make a bunch of money from operating a coal mine, you know, that's, or owning a coal mine, that seems like a lot easier model than having to kind of deal with a bunch of engineers 
training of a bunch of people, establishing a management team, dealing with you know all the you know foreign investors that's going to come in and ask you questions about your revenue models and things like that. Um, and you know, given the pace of the growth in the China economy, really smart guys are really just kind of saying, you know, I don't want to deal with all that. You know, we're going to just kind of go into other areas that's going to be a lot easier to make money in. Um, so as mentioned previously, you know, so a lot of the stuff that uh, you know we've seen on the internet in China has been the kind of more localized versions of uh, you know Western content. You know, you've got the YouTube of China, you've kind of got uh, you know the blog sites, you've got uh, you know the SNSs, you know, anything that uh, you know is developed here in Silicon Valley or in the U.S. in terms of the internet properties, you will very soon see a copy of that in China that's been kind of localized to the Chinese taste. Um, and that's kind of been a lot of what's been driving you know, China 2.0. But I think that's going to change, though. Uh, and then I think in the last few years, what you've seen is that you know, you've got a lot of free content on the internet, which is great. You know, people love free. And the main way that people have been monetizing is through gaming. Um, however, as you'll see in the next slide, the primary value that the market is really attributing to the China companies right now are actually more on the platform companies rather than the gaming companies. Um, and Martin also wanted me to kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, will there be more exits for China 2.0 companies? I, I think you saw a raft of, uh, raft of uh, companies that went public in 2007, 2008, and 2009 were obviously not very good years for the public market. Um, and then I think the question is, are we going to see more companies, you know, from the 2005, 2006 vintage going public in the next few years? Um, next foil. So, oh, what's going on here? Oh, okay, here you go. So what I have here is that I, I kind of put together a chart of um, the top three uh, non-A-share listed companies in, uh, in the China kind of internet technology space uh, by enterprise value. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about the uh, renminbi and the A-share exits, uh, you know, when we kind of do the discussion session as well. But if you take a look at the, the, three, the top three companies, they're Tencent, Baidu, and Alibaba. You know, we've talked about a lot of these companies already, so I won't kind of go into too much detail. Um, but you, know, you don't see that the, the gaming companies are not in the top three list. You know, the gaming companies are generating a lot of revenue, but uh, you know, the market has really kind of given a discount to these gaming companies today because they're not platform companies, as you can see. Uh, but, the, but if you will notice, that the thing about these companies, though, is that you know, they had significant revenue and just crazy margins, uh, net margins, when, when, they, uh, when they went public. Uh, and the question for me is really, you know, which of the companies that are in the 2005, 2006 vintage are going to be able to match the kind of uh, revenue figures and the net margin figures that, you know, we're kind of seeing these kind of companies. Um, and I think, you know, uh, there's very few right now that kind of qualify into that. So it's going to be interesting to see which companies are going to be able to kind of go public in the next year uh, to two years. Um, you know, on the NASDAQ and, uh, and the foreign exchanges you know, with this kind of revenue profile. There are a few, but, uh, you know, we'll be interested to see kind of what happens. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is, so, you know, we've kind of seen what's happened with China 2.0. The question now becomes, so what's next? You know, what's, what's kind of interesting that's going to happen and what's going to drive uh, China 3.0? Uh, I think it's going to be a continued evolution of demand for content and delivery channels in China. Um, as you know, media is very localized, and to date, it's always been kind of an importation of media ideas into China that kind of then localizes. But you're going to see, I think, there's going to be a lot more locally kind of
kind of driven innovation in terms of what kind of media people are going to want to see, you know, how media is delivered as well. Um, and the big question for me as I'm looking at, uh, you know, the, the environment out there is, will, will these Web 2.0, well, no, not Web 2.0, but these uh, China 2.0 company platform companies such as Tencent, um, you know, Baidu, Alibaba, continue to dominate the, the Web 3.0 landscape? Um, because the whole beauty of being a platform is the fact that you know, you've kind of got a user base out there and then the question really becomes how do you monetize that user base and what kind of services and products do you push through those channels. And in China, uh, channels are you know, a critical element because there's still a lot of development to do in terms of increasing the efficiency of the economy in China. Uh, so as I mentioned, you know, the development of truly local innovation I think is going to be what's going to define Web 3, or China 3.0. And there's a few areas that I think you're going to kind of see this happen in. Uh, the mobile internet is uh, one area that I think you're going you're to see some really interesting stuff come out of. You know, again, the, you know, these figures you've heard before and you know, how big it really is, it's always hard to tell with the statistics from China. But uh, the, 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 the key here is that it's big. <laughs> there's a lot of people. Um, what's really interesting is that the, you know, the mobile internet users, uh, as reported by the CNIC, jumped by 106 percent from 2008 to 2009. And a lot of that has to do with the introduction of 3G. But I think as you see more internet penetration on the mobile side, you're going to see a lot more interesting local models come out of how people use their handsets and smartphones in terms of getting things done, entertaining themselves, and uh, you know, basically interacting with the digital world. Uh, and on that, in that theme, you know, you're going to have, you know, a more pervasive access and need to customize the Chinese lifestyles. Uh, the way someone in Shanghai uses the mobile internet and the internet in general is going to be very, is going to diverge from the way the internet's being used in San Francisco or in New York City in the next few years. Um, you know, one, one, one thing that is really interesting in China is that, uh, you know, consumers want to be educated. You know, I, I think in, in the States, you know, people look at advertising, they're kind of like, well, you know, I'm kind of wasting my time looking at this. Whereas, you know, China's the web market where you know, people actually want to look at advertising because they want to be educated in terms of the brands out there, in terms of you know, what kind of cool products, you know, are, uh, are out there in the market. Um, and, you know, this has to do a lot with, you know, the historical reasons, but, um, you know, you know, uh, advertisers would love this, right? You know, product guys would love this. You know, you, you've got a, a collection of people who want to know what your product's doing. And I think that's going to create some interesting models there. Um, and then the other thing is that, you know, the, well, China, people kind of talk about China as a seemingly kind of unified market. Uh, but it is really not a unified market at all. You know, even China Mobile, you know, when I go from uh, Beijing to Shanghai, I'm actually roaming. There's no, there's no like, you know, one you know, one rate plan as you would, uh, you know, with uh, Verizon or, you know, AT&T. You know, you, there's like, you know, this, uh, you know the, the 10 cent calling plan or whatever. Yeah, I'm roaming every time I kind of go to a new province in China. Uh, the distribution channels for retail are incredibly complex. And there's going to be a lot of opportunity for IT uh, to kind of, uh, you know, increase the efficiency in that channel as well. Um, and then the other thing is that, you know, there's a convergence of, uh, you know, the, the different value chains need to converge in China as consumers are looking for a unified experience. Um, you know, the state media, which the SART and, and you know, the GAP and the MOC, they're undergoing their own changes. There's a lot of internal battles going on. You know, as uh, people have mentioned already, there's this whole new triple play, um, 
you know, initiative going on in China. And one thing we're seeing is that you know the uh, the, the state has now decided that they're going to they're going to horizontalize the model. They're going to you know separate the content creation from the uh, you know from the distribution channels. And I think that's going to create a lot of opportunities uh, in terms of uh, you know new and interesting media that's going to come up. Um, and then you also kind of have to build a balance of the curator and service provider interests. You know, uh, guys like Tencent are getting to scale where they're really going to start competing with guys like China Mobile. Uh, and then the China Mobile guys are going to start figuring out, well, you know, what do we do in this kind of competitive environment? And I think that's going to be an interesting kind of dynamic that's going to play out as part of uh, you know, China 3.0. And then, you know, as more data is being collected uh, from the digital world, you know, you're going to have to find ways of filtering and then analyzing and then, you know, using this data in a very productive and efficient process. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of services companies, I think, that's going to be doing some really interesting stuff on that front as well. Uh, and then one last point about uh, China 3.0 is that um, you know, we're, we're expecting to see a lot more local VC participation. You know, a lot of this has to do with the fact that you know, it's maturation of the VC model in China as well. Uh, the VC industry in, China, in, uh, in the U.S. is over 30 years old. You know, in China, it's, if you're lucky, it's half that if you will. You know, the market only really started liberalizing 30 years ago. Um, but as you get a little more local VC participation, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot more companies that are going to be looking to the Chinese exchanges as a means of uh, you know, uh, going IPO. And uh, you know, that's kind of got its own set of challenges, but you know, we can have more discussion on that uh, you know, when we have our uh, panel discussion. Okay. Thank, Thank you very much. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.